0: Hello, Dreamer. Something new today on this New Moon episode of the Dreamer's Den podcast. In this conversation, I work one of my own dreams live with my guest dream worker. Claudia DeBoard takes me on a dream-tending walk through a dream that I titled Time Travel. After talking a little bit about her approach, rather than keep talking about dream work and weaving in some examples here and there we get right into doing dream work with one whole dream. Claudia has a master's degree from Pacifica Graduate Institute and has been studying dream tending with Steven Eisenstadt for 25 years. So she brings a wealth of experience to this. I'll share more about her background here shortly. I'll also come back on after you listen to our conversation. To tell you about some more reflections i had about this dream for now i will invite you to notice claudia's gentle curious way of walking through the dream with me pausing me a couple of times to sink into a particular moment or a description before the action of the dream continues it was definitely enriching for me to go back and re-listen to this noticing more about her approach and the things that caught her attention, and even listening to myself and hearing the changes in my own voice as I worked through this dream with her. Okay, without further ado, here's my conversation with Claudia and I will be back again at the end. You're listening to the Dreamer's Den podcast. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I'm here along with guest dream workers, authors, and teachers to talk about diving deep into your dreams. We're skipping the small talk and going for conversations about what matters most to us, what's touching us so deeply that it shows up in our dreams, in one form or another. We talk about engaging with dreams to experience insight, inspiration, healing, and meaningful connection with one another. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can catch all these conversations. Visit thedreamersden.org open for a free video and mini book I put together to help you learn more about opening up or deepening your own relationship with your dreams. My guest today is Claudia DeBoard. Claudia has an MA in Counseling Psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute in Santa Barbara, and she is a credentialed teacher. She's studied dream tending with Steven Eisenstadt for 25 years and she's currently assisting with the certification for dream tending. Her work is based in the concepts of Carl Jung, James Hillman, Marion Woodman, and many others in the field of depth psychology. She believes that dreams are alive and asking something of us in return. So Claudia uses curiosity and active imagination to enter these unexplored windows into the psyche and observe and experience the dreams in a sort of indigenous walkabout which can bring insight and organic wisdom to the dreamer and that is what i'm going to get to experience with her today and you will get to listen into welcome claudia thank you for coming on the dreamers den podcast
1: thank you thank you for having me this is such a beautiful opportunity and i'm always excited to Explore this wonderful world of
0: dream. Yes me, too So I'd love to ask you first to share How you got started with dreams how it was that you realized dreams were important to you
1: Wow, that's a, uh, a question that I think we all maneuver through in some way or another so um, It was quite an interesting journey for me um, many years ago I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer, and the, I ended up working with a therapist through some of that um, material, that world that you go through. Um, and I'm a, a breast cancer survivor, so that worked really well.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: what happened was the therapist was a student at Pacifica at the time I was working with her and she brought dream into the work and it was brand new to me I had never paid attention to dreams before that I had um, she asked me to keep track of them so I had this tiny little five-by-five five pad where I stretched out the notes um not wanting anybody in my family to know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh <laughs> and um as she opened up that field for me, that realm for me, that world for me, um there was this instant connection to an earlier time when I was a child and I loved story and mm-hmm. I loved exploring that story world as a as a little girl. Um I would tell stories to my friends just for fun. So that wonderful world of imagination owned, opened up for me again as an adult. And not only that, the beauty of the healing that can come through dreams when you are dealing with something really difficult in your life. And it's not necessarily just, um, you know. definitely working with uh, someone who is familiar with that landscape is helpful, but also the healing that comes to your body through that visitation, through those explorations. And then also, of course, um, emotionally and mentally and every, every way possible. So I got really fascinated with the world of healing and um, that led me to Marion Woodman's work on on the body and how the body senses things that aren't quite right, and they get presented in the dream time, and they kind of wake you up to, you know, maybe there's something physically not working quite right that I need to pay attention to. So, this aspect of dream and the ability for it to to not only Speak to ourselves about healing our own bodies, but to things in the culture that may need attention and things in the world that may need attention. So that's kind of where it started and it just kind of exploded from there
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: with great gratitude to her for bringing such a uh, rich uh, way of being in the world. It certainly for me has been a dream centered life. Well, since then, yeah. So great gratitude for those surprises that come right at the time we need them.
0: Yes, definitely. Well, that's beautiful. I I love that you said it connected the dream, the love of dreams connected back to a love of stories in childhood because I really share that experience. I think there was a way that stories especially fantasy adventure stories gave me this sense of a of significance excitement and meaning and significance in these imaginary adventures and that as an adult i still love stories but dreams are a way into that and a way into that that can be so intimately and personally shared with others who are interested in opening up their dream lives and that uh, that's that same note of significance comes through the dreams.
1: Exactly. Exactly. There's a beautiful um, memoir that um, one of the, my, uh, well, she's an amazing teacher, but also um, survivor as well. Um, She just finished a book called um, The Dog That Became a Wolf and um how the moon broke curfew and her name is uh hendrika De Vries. she grew up during um the nazi invasion of um, holland in amsterdam and she's in her 80s now and wrote this memoir of how she um, survives through that time as a six-year-old child with her mother. And the beauty of the story in this, since we both love stories so much, I just felt I wanted to share this.
2: Yeah, great.
1: The beauty, the beauty of that story is the gift that her parents gave her of imagination and story and curiosity at a, at a young, young age. Mm-hmm and how that allowed her to, with the support of her family, to um, move into the world in a a different way, maybe, than if she hadn't had that background.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'll definitely look for that book.
1: Yeah, that power of story with us is really beautiful. And I agree with you with childhood. It's, I love reading story (laughs) to children or to myself.
0: Mhm-hmm, and can I ask you to tell us a little bit more about dream tending? Yes, um because of this therapist's uh, introduction to
1: me to dream but also to Pacifica Graduate Institute, I was able to uh, attend there and got involved with um mm-hmm. not so much when I was in the program i was a, I was sort of introduced to it a little bit, but after I graduated. Um, I was able to attend uh, many, many, many workshops and seminars that uh, Dr. Eisenstadt had at the time as he was beginning to create this um, uh, idea of dreamtending. And the, and the premise fits me. Um, another piece of my childhood was I, was I grew up in nature. I grew up in the Sierra Nevadas in the foothills. And that beauty of that time of, of just exploring nature as a young child. And um, this type of work for me is like an exploration into the nature of dreams. So it comes very natural to me to to kind of observe and kind of look around the landscape and kind of see what's going on. And that's kind of what dream tending does. You kind of tend to the figures that come, the imaginal figures that come, and host them. Um, this particular practice and many dream-tending practices know that dream figures come and are alive and live in their own landscape and have their own interiority, their own individuality, their own presence. And even if a tiger or an animal, a lion, uh, a dog comes into your dream, they come to you as a living figure that you're interacting with and it's that interaction that in that story that they bring um, often dreams have you know the beginning the middle the end the story of, of why they're coming and so this is sort of tending to those images in a very in hosting them so the major questions are who's visiting hmm so, who's coming, and why are they coming, and why are they coming right now at this very instant in my life, why are they here? And then that opens up into, you know what what are they asking of me? what 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 response do they want from me? What interaction do they want from me? And how is that relevant in my life at this very moment? What is happening in this very moment? Uh-huh. so, it's a living example of, of sort of stepping into that. I, I think of it as like the, this is my own way of thinking of it. It's like the astronauts that go into space and they start exploring, you know, you yeah. have this Im- imagination and this courage and this curiosity about it. So.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Imagination, courage, and curiosity sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I brought a dream to share with you and maybe we can can see what what this is like. I love this uh idea of hosting the dream. That's
1: that's my joy. It's my my joy to to be a host and and, and invite a guest in and yeah. uh and it is a bit um Dr. Eisenstadt's work is a bit like a walkabout. Mm-hmm. It has a very um natural organic quality to it. So um here we go.
0: okay, all right. so so this dream, it's lovely that we've talked about a little bit about childhood and about stories because, like m- many of my dreams, it references story characters, Harry Potter character in this case. Um, and some people listening have maybe read this dream because I shared it in our Facebook group, but i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of it with you. So I called it time travel. And in the dream, I'm I'm with a small group of people, and we're on some kind of mission. I know that we have enemies, and two of us go back in time. So now I'm I'm one of this pair that went back in time. I think I'm female, and the other person is male. But there's a way that I've lost kind of a clear uh, dream self identity. Uh, We're the two of us are trying to slip around a crowded market, kind of a a main street of shops and not be noticed. So we're doing okay. We're feeling vulnerable, but we're moving through all these people. And then my friend turns in a doorway and goes into this old fashioned, really dark wooden made of dark wood hotel bar type place. And I, I follow him in. And I'm coming up behind him still with people crowded around us. And suddenly he turns around and starts running because he'd walked right into Voldemort. He'd walked up behind Voldemort and then Voldemort turned around and saw him. So my friend turned around and started sprinting away. And I run too. And I already know there's no way that we'll escape him. But we run as fast as we can. My friend slows down a little bit and takes my hand. And then we run together and we jump into a giant soda can which is totally black inside and i know that this is what we came to do we die inside the soda can and that changes the past which changes the future and then i'm back in the future and one of the companions that i was originally with is riding on the back of a truck and she sees this painting on a bus like a mural on the side of the bus change like a fade in in a movie it changes to this beautiful swirly mural kind of like clouds or waves that's white and turquoise and pink and when she sees this happen she knows that we succeeded that we died in the past and the change that we went to make happen has happened and it's this moment of sadness knowing that we're gone and also relief that we we did it The end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, i like to just pause a moment to uh, invite that space of, of dream in. And um, so you mentioned that you've worked the stream a little bit. Can you fill me in a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so I talked a little bit about, well, the fact that the mural is shades of red, white, and blue, white, turquoise, and pink, kind of these paler, prettier, red, white, and blue colors. And Voldemort, so I I love the Harry Potter books. I feel really deeply connected to them, and I know them so well. But Voldemort has always been the one thing that I was a little lukewarm about I find him kind of a boring villain (laughs) even though his story is really interesting the 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 way that he was you know just born bad and got worse like I find that kind of an unsatisfying story of of evil so it it's really interesting to me that he shows up as the like representative enemy the the bad guy and the soda can being black inside and looking like it was almost burnt one of the moments I had was "Ooh, that kind of makes me think of of gas chambers people being burned in the past okay the last thing that came up was that that poignant sadness and relief of the character at the end and the the there's something really beautiful about that moment you know of 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 knowing that people in the past were able to do this thing.
1: Yeah. There was an opportunity to shift something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And tell me a little more about your interest in the Harry Potter series, which I saw. I also love, um, myself. They're so incredibly imaginative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I started reading them either when the first four or the first five had come out, and I think the first four, yeah, and just, you know, gobbled them up very quickly and then waited along with the rest of the world for each new installment, went to the release party for book seven in Portland, Oregon, you know, in the a mile-long line around the block <laughs> to get it at midnight, like I was really, really into it and um i've listened to the audiobooks many times and just recently got to reread the whole series with my son so i mean going through the series whether reading it or listening to the audiobook i mean i'm sure i've been through it 8 times at least so it's very familiar to me i'm i'm so moved by the story and by her storytelling and in this connection that you have with the Harry Potter series
1: what does that how does that enliven you how did what does that bring into you in your life
0: Mm, that's a good question I think I feel like what I was alluding to before just this sense of excitement and significance I the arc of the story, just getting to feel swept along, and it's like a like a shortcut to the things that that are best in in uh, lived life, I guess. Like when we're in a story or a movie where it's condensed, you know, we get all the interesting people and exciting moments and mystery threaded through, and victories and um, challenges. I I guess I love um, experiencing those things and i'm it's so easy for me to love people <laughs> but also waking mm-hmm. life people are um complicated and yeah you know it's just more there's just more going on in our you know quote unquote real lives but within the story world you know where you can dip in and out i f- I feel like I know those characters like I know and love real people, but there's just something so different, you know, about getting to jump into those relationships in, in story form, I guess. I don't know. These thoughts are just coming together as I say them to you.
2: Right.
1: Right. Yeah, there is, um, a a beautiful magic about jumping into that world of magic. It's, it's, I think, the. Creativity that's there is amazing, and the way of linking the magic pieces together um is is um, amazing you know yeah. the cards the cards that come alive and that the attention to detail there's mm-hmm. it it is truly a world it is yes. like many really well written uh authors you you are literally stepping into that world is as um as a living thing you really feel it okay definitely yeah so my curiosity goes now to what it's like when you're not in that living magic what what how how are you with the opposite
0: when i was really into reading harry potter i was Working a job that was very mundane and I felt I was struggling for sure with the um, the feeling that my life was boring just because of the mundane tasks I had to do all the time and You know just longing for more of the feeling that I got when I was reading Yeah, I would say that now my experience is so different. I feel I feel really alive and fulfilled by how I spend my time now. So you're bringing my attention to this like past versus present thing, because I, I remember what it was like to be longing to have that. I long for something else. I long for something more. And that feels really different actually. <laughs> and that's kind of nice to notice that I I don't feel that these days. Um, I feel like I'm getting, my version of meaning and significance, and actually, it's a lot less stressful than Harry's, so I'm kind of grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 there is that
1: difference between those two worlds that are, um, you know, relevant and your waking life, but now in this dream life, um, as we step back into this dream life from this place of uh, these two places, these two kind of magic and mundane opposites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, When you step back into the dream and the beginning of the dream, can you tell me the very first beginning of the dream and where you are and kind of expand a little bit what it looks like?
0: Yeah, it's, it's that sort of dream knowing, just the setting is that I'm with, a small group of people and we're on some kind of mission together we have some enemies that there's not much more yeah i don't have more kind of information about that but and also the scenery is not very vivid it's kind of a gray scale almost like i just get the sense of us looking around you know like on on alert sort of um and maybe almost slightly crouched like we're ready to run or ready to spring we're we're um we're in some kind of uh you know action scene i guess
2: yeah. yeah and can
0: you
1: tell me a little bit about this person that's with you
0: so in the beginning there's multiple people and there there's a feeling of camaraderie we're in it together i feel like everybody's on the mission together. I think I, I trust these people. Like there's, everyone's capable and we're in it together. We're on the same mission. Mm -hmm. And then in the past, there is this strange switch. Like I don't feel as clear about who I am or who he is, but we're part of that group still.
1: So before you head into a little bit more of the, of the action. Can you describe this man?
0: I don't see him vis- visually very clearly, but I would say that he's young. I think, I think maybe we're both young, maybe in our early 20s, younger adults. Is he familiar to you in some way? He's not familiar like a from waking life, but in the dream, there's, an, there's a strong connection there. I, I know him and trust him.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of the characters in Harry Potter of, um, you know, Harry and his friends.
0: Yeah, maybe a similar relationship. There's no, it's not Ron, you know, it's not okay. Right, right. But there right. is that, you know, we've been through a lot together. We're in this together yeah. now. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. And now go forward with the dream from there.
0: So together, we're slipping through a crowd, trying not to be noticed as we move through this crowd of people. I guess I I believe that we would be noticeable if someone did look at us. We don't look like we come from this time and place. So we're trying to just slip past. And then, oh, oh, go ahead.
1: I, I was, I'm curious about this ability to seen and not be seen.
0: Mm. What is that like? It feels like we're just getting lucky. Like we're not invisible by any means. We're just we're um, just barely managing to do it to like move in this quick and windy way that we don't catch anyone's attention. So it feels vulnerable, but it also feels like okay, okay, so far so good. We're uh-huh. we're getting there.
1: Okay. And let's go on.
0: And then, you know, I don't know exactly what we're looking for, but we are purposeful. And then my friend turns into this old bar. It's got like dark wooden, I don't know even, I'm sure there's names for this, (laughs) but I can picture. It's like this old fashioned kind of furniture and doorway and everything, like an old Western, fancy old Western hotel. And he turns in there to look for whatever we're looking for. And so I follow him and then he suddenly turns around and is facing me again and starts running. And I look up and there's Voldemort who's very tall. Um, Definitely. Let's, uh, let's, let's stop just the action just a second before you see
1: Voldemort. Okay. So this person, this, this man that's coming with you who belongs to this group that you belong to, that you know really well, you're familiar with them. You have some kind of um, connection with this uh, event that you're involved in. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why this is happening. You're heading to, to an event of some sort. And right before he turns and looks at you, what, what's happening with you?
0: I'm trying to i'm tr- I'm trying to keep up and to figure out what's going on. I'm still in that that high alert state of being on this okay. mission, like looking around from side to side, keeping track of him, seeing what's around us,
1: so my question is, what does that feel like when you're on high
0: alert? It feels like my um, my energy is up a little bit higher, like really in my senses, you know, my eyes, my ears, I'm turning my head quickly, even up in my shoulders a little bit. I'm lighter on my feet so that I can move fast if I need to. And how, how do you respond to that? How does, how do you,
1: how does your body respond to that? Is that a a good feeling, a familiar feeling? A-
0: it's an... It's an okay feeling. It's like okay. I feel like I can do this because I have to right now for whatever this purpose is, but it'll be nice when I'm done being in this state. It's not like it doesn't feel good to be here. It, yeah, it feels, it, it feels purposeful, but like not good. <laughs> I'd rather relax yeah. down into my feet again and be able to slow down and you know.
1: That hyper alert uh, time is, is is stressful on the body yeah, it's a familiar thing, but not something you want to spend
0: time with no. it's it's definitely like we're doing something important. So I'm like mustering for that and just out of curiosity,
1: um, does that happen in your waking life as well? That sense of heightened alertness?
0: It's happened many times, maybe more in the past, like this dream. It's it was much more frequent in the past. I would say that lately in my kind of the present way my life runs, it doesn't happen with anywhere near that feeling of high stakes. Like I've definitely felt that high alert, like I might run into Voldemort level of stakes before, um, but I haven't felt that in a long time. Now I'd say, um, yeah, you know, it feels more mundane, but in a good way, like am I going to actually get the kids to school on time?
2: (laughs) You know, (laughs) like I'm,
0: I'm, 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 I'm moving quick and paying attention side to side, but for something, you know, low, lower stakes.
1: Right. Right. And then, and
0: then once I do drop them off, I calm down again.
1: Yeah. So it's a familiar feeling in both places. Okay. And I'm assuming you have quite a crew of support in your waking life to orchestrate your life in a way that needs to move forward also well more or less
0: <laughs> I mean you know COVID has changed that yeah I I don't have that feeling of group camaraderie in this mm. way mm. since, since we started being cautious about COVID uh-huh. that feels like a, a lacking right now
1: yeah yeah So in the dream, you do have this. You do have this feeling. It comes back to you in a hyper way, hyper alert way.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So in the dream now, again, you're standing there, crouched, ready to go into the bar. It's one that you're familiar with. uh, The way it looks, it's a familiar looking bar, kind of like the older wood, the older uh, type. And as you follow this figure, your leader or your partner or your familiar into that space, uh, he he turns and looks at you. What happens in that look? What's held in that look?
0: Oh no, we gotta go. Instant. Yeah. Yeah. About face. Like we just we just walked right into him. We were trying to be unseen, but we just we just walked right into the worst, the worst possible eyes to see us are the ones that just saw us. What does that bring up for you, that feeling? It's like the the realization of a, a fear that um, even though I'm trying to pay attention and do the best thing. For in like all areas of life, what if all of a sudden I realize it's all gone wrong? Like abruptly, it didn't just go wrong. Like we just walked face to face with Voldemort. We need to turn around and run as fast as we can.
1: Yeah. He who shall not be named Mm -hmm. or it who is not, you know,
0: shall not be named um, occurs. It just occurred to me, I guess, as you were saying that back, that only because we turned around the opposite direction, we do what we came to do. Like there was all this effortful trying to slip between and then in the next moment after we turn and run, we get that, um, like the culmination of our purpose, like we did it.
1: Right,
2: right that that ninety degrees in another direction,
0: yeah, that that was actually like uh, more in line with our purpose than this that this careful you know maneuvering and trying not to be noticed.
1: How does that play out for you?
0: <sighs> What's coming to mind is sacrifice, you know that 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 we they, because I'm also the person in the future waiting to see if it happens, that mm-hmm. we, they sacrifice ourselves. Um, and that that's a scary thing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know, it's really been on my mind this these recent weeks and months, like how many things were done in the past that set us up for today and that the people who did them bravely In the past had no idea if or how their hopes would come to fruition
2: yeah
0: just the just the immense gratitude that people took those courageous leaps anyway decades and centuries ago and maybe that's some of what i would like to do in my present is take some of those leaps and Surrender to maybe still hoping, but definitely not knowing and definitely not counting on what they'll lead to because we have no idea. We have no way of knowing, but just having the courage and the faith to to try for things that I. That I won't live long enough, you know, to see what happens, what comes of them.
1: And it is a relying on on magic you know mm. that that unknown quality, that unknown ability, that unknown, um, definitely in the Harry Potters, that instant where something different can happen, that that our lives can have that second or that short but surprise, you know, there's there's always this unusual surprise that can happen in that second. And bringing that surprise into your life in a waking way, how how you know that instant in the dream where where you're, you have to go in a in a whole opposite direction, um, how can you bring that into your waking life in a way that will be effective, and in what way would that how what would that look like or what how would that appear, and so I'm going to offer this, uh, uh, my own sort of suggestion uh, well it's an offering mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah to be taken or not however it however you wish which is also a part of you know dream is to um, find what what is might work and and how the other piece of this is how to bring what's being asked of us by the dream into our waking world and a sense of I have of thats that, is that Perhaps the next time something comes up in your life where you feel this high alert, if you get get that sort of that hit or that little trigger, think also of what would be the opposite. What, What in this very moment in my waking life, no matter what I'm doing, am I in the grocery store waiting for groceries or I'm outside with the kids or whatever's happening? If you feel that heightened alert, what could i do that might be opposite and might be what's calling me more than where i'm in the direction i'm heading
0: mm. yeah that makes me think about how that state is really made for moments like being face to face with voldemort and having to turn around and run as fast as i can like that's that's what that you know sympathetic nervous system state is for. yeah you know yeah. um and, you know, the the common thing said in kind of a holistic medical approach to stress about, like, if you get that adrenaline rush when you're sitting in traffic, and you not only do you not run, you don't even move, and then your blood sugar crashes and you want a cookie, <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just not made for that. It's not made for getting the kids to school on time. It's not made for um, being frustrated in the car. It's made for needing to run at high speed in a life or death situation. And actually, there's something that's was it's kind of a a relief again to have that clarity. Like there's all this trying and figuring and watching before coming face to face with Voldemort. And what really changes right there is clarity about what to do. Okay, now yeah. we ru- now we run. Yeah. <laughs> now we use all yeah. this and we yeah. run. And we jump and we do the thing we came here to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what comes to mind as you say that is, is not maybe mm-hmm. that I'm wishing to settle down and feel calm and safe. It's that I want to direct all this energy somewhere purposeful.
1: Yeah, e- exactly. In a way that's going to be beneficial for yourself mm-hmm. and the body. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and the world, you know, I feel like this, this dream, you know, it's not, not people that I know, which is very unusual. I almost, almost always dream uh, only of people I know. And I don't know the people in this dream and it's a bus and it's a crowded place. It's like, it feels like I'm in, I'm in the big world, I guess, you know, it's good. And the red, white, and blue, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. and I, I would say that I do feel a little bit like I don't know, I don't know precisely where to put all my energy in wishing for a better world. I mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like looking around, you know. <laughs> Should I go yeah. this that maybe yeah. I could do this? Yeah, that seems good, but what next? You know, and then
1: yeah. It kind of reminds me of the of the conversation we had earlier about the the mundane versus the magic.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I actually I just got another little aha there. You know, I was saying Voldemort's kind of a boring villain because he just was born bad and then got worse. And like, you know, I want to know why (laughs) Um, and who was he, you know, and I don't, I don't, my experience of human beings isn't that it really works that way. You know, that, that someone's just born evil just because they descended from Slytherin. And that's, I feel that way about the world. Like there's a lot of polarization and us and theming and language that's like calling the quote unquote other side evil. And that is, I think that's just the most uh, dangerous thing we could do to ourselves. <laughs> Humanity could do to itself as label some humans as evil. And so in like that, um, yeah, like I feel like there is no Voldemort and and that's that's the only time you get crystal clarity about what to do is if you're like good and evil i run towards good (laughs) i fight Mm -hmm. evil and that just doesn't feel like the real world to me and so there's the dream is almost like i don't know i'm not sure what it's doing but it feels like that is it's bringing that up Mm -hmm. you know that the only identifiable. And the only person with an identity in the whole thing is Voldemort, the like archetypal evil. And I, maybe it would be nice if there was just evil, (laughs) because then I would know what to do, but there's not.
1: It does put us in this space of in between and what might live there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm hmm yeah in between like the mural at the end kind of swirly swirly lighter colors mixing together and fading in it's very transitional
1: an, an opportunity to be in a uh, colorful space and how are you feeling at this moment
0: I feel, I feel curious still, like I'm, I'm feeling like maybe there's, yeah, and it's fun that we have this recorded because I am thinking about, you know, some of the things you've said and then I, um, had other ahas in another direction, but I kind of want to go back and yeah, I feel like there's more in the stream. Um, yeah, I feel, I, I still feel curious. I feel like, like maybe there's, um like that feeling at the end now back in the future as someone who sees the these colors appear on the bus and like the sadness and relief and gratitude and the poignancy of that like i want that feeling that seems like like i'm that, yeah <laughs> there's there's some kind of gift there
1: there is there is the dream is offering you a place to step forward.
0: Mhm. Yeah, like what comes next is that that person, that part of me, the future self being like being able to say, "Okay, they did it." And grieve them and also receive that gift and carry on. Mhm. And to know you're not alone. Yeah. Mm, yeah that really moves me. Yeah. That feeling that, you know, they're gone, but I'm not alone. They're, they're with me in the way that what they did is like, I see it in front of me. It's in my world, Mm -hmm. even though they're, they're gone in the past. Yeah.
1: It's almost a sense of that blending of color. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah where we kind of all blend together.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Right. Yeah, like that's them <laughs> showing up in there in they're blended in to all that is form.
1: And all that wa- and all that was. Mhm. And all that was before. It's you know, in some sense, I have some sense of you know, the lives of the ancestors, the lives of the elders yeah that connectedness you know into through and beyond us
2: mm-hmm.
0: hmm. well thank you for walking about with me in here i feel like i feel like i'm receiving some gifts from this dream from our from our exploration for sure
1: Uh, It's my pleasure to be a part of and a witness to this beautiful landscape of dream and, and your beautiful hosting. Mm. Um, So thank you for inviting me here.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say about, about what we just did?
1: just the joy i feel when i host a dream that has such intelligence and beauty and information uh for the dreamer gives me great happiness
2: Mm, yeah
1: (laughs) and a passion for for the work a passion for dream a passion for the possibility A passion for the openness, a passion to understand that it can connect us to not only ourselves but to what's happening in our culture, what's happening in the world, what's happened before. That that we do have this lineage. There is a human uh, and species lineage that we're all a part of. A history that we all share in some ways, and to explore that is um powerful
2: yeah for all
1: for all of us is there anything you want to that you feel is not finished in this work
0: well i don't feel that it's finished but i also feel comfortable with that you know i feel like now i'm sort of caught in this beautiful moment and the mural and the swirly painting on the bus and like i want to go paint it you know see see what that feels like
1: Oh, thank you for saying that. That's a beautiful way to do it, to honor the dream. Yeah. It's, it's always wonderful to honor the dream by poetry or painting or dancing or music or movement or
2: yeah, yeah. You
1: know, walking or being in nature or whatever, but it's so beautiful to honor it that way. So thank you for saying that.
0: And I I have a question for you if if you want to answer it, but I usually do projective dream work, Jeremy Taylor style in my groups. And I'm, I'm just curious for you. I know you were really holding space for me and asking me questions, but do you feel like you experienced a version of this dream as your own? And is there anything that any kind of aha moment or thing about it that, that touched you, if it were your dream? Uh, I think
1: I I truly believe that when we do dream work, it doesn't matter if we're doing it uh, just the two of us or if there's a group and we're doing it in a group or if it's a larger audience, I truly believe that the psyche that, that, that brings these dreams to us or whatever dream body that brings these dreams to us always has an aspect of touching something in each one of us Mm -hmm. in a different way and when it's done out loud where we can talk about it um i've been in an audience as a teacher i've been in an audience also with dr eisenstadt many times and every time every time he does dream work every time dream work's done something about that dream work always touches something in me
2: Mm -hmm. not
1: anything I expected, not anything that I could bring up with my ego or bring up with my thinking necessarily. It's almost like dropping a seed and then I, I can revisit that because of the work, the beauty of the work and the experience of the work. I can visit that and go, oh, for me, that aha moment for you and that kind of going in an opposite direction immediately that was really pivotal for me as well mm. in, re- in remembering that I don't have to be stuck uh, doing a certain thing a certain way all the time that I can look for a, a, a spark of doing something different and different doesn't mean it has to be uh, majorly different I'm not talking about you know going from a life career different although it can mm-hmm. certainly be that it yeah um, it can also be very subtle a very subtle difference and um i i like that idea of ask it's asking for me to look in a different direction i like that openness mm. that openness of possibility you know that openness of of oh wow i'm standing yeah. in this line and mm. You know, there might be something in, in somebody in line that I'm not feeling particularly happy to be in line with for whatever reason. But I can take that that moment and go, well, how can I address this in a different way or what's opening for me in this? Mm-hmm. So I do believe that each person and each work and each dream brings practicality to all of this. Um when we pay that, that kind of attention. So I thank you for that piece.
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you again. That was really wonderful. Just, I like the way that we deepened into it and slowed it down and, and uh, explored it in that way. So before we wrap up, where can people find you online? If anyone wants to learn more about what you do or the dream tending workshops, um, thank you for asking. Um, yes,
1: um Dr. Eisenstadt has certi- certification programs that are available um through his dream tending uh website if you want to check there. Um and then I have a sort of a contact website myself called Let's Explore Dreams. And it's basically a place where people can contact me and see if they want to work. Uh, either individually or with a group or however they might want to bring this into their lives in a way that might be beneficial.
0: Okay, great. I'll link to both those sites and share your email address and also look for the book you mentioned earlier so people can look more into any of that.
1: Oh, one more book if I can just offer it out uh, right. other than Dr. Eisenstadt's book, which is Tending. Okay. Certainly, certainly that one. Um, but there's another one that um is called for the love of dream and it's a sort of just a little course in dream tending very simple uh, but okay. beautiful and uh, that's another one i would recommend it's to if people want to explore this type of work a little more
0: great great i will link to all those i'm sure there are people who are going to want to get their hands on the books so
1: thank you And thank you so much for inviting me, for having me, for allowing me to be a part of this space. It's been a joy.
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed hearing that. After I ended our recording, Claudia and I stayed on and talked more about healing and dream work. We talked about the wisdom of classical Chinese medicine and how we have techniques for directly addressing the issues of imbalance that show up in our dreams and she shared some healing information and suggestions that she's gotten from her own dreams. So this conversation is absolutely to be continued, and I hope to bring you more in the future. As for my conversation with the time travel dream, and I do see dream work as a conversation with the dream, a couple of days after talking with Claudia, I had the urge to write a letter in my dream journal to the pair of people in the past who had sacrificed themselves. It became this whole outpouring about gratitude and the unknown and past present future and especially about receiving and carrying on what was passed on to me from people in the past and passing something on to those in the future when my time comes. Not passing on as in leaving behind like a legacy or an inheritance but like passing passing the ball i won't get close enough to the goal to shoot myself or passing the torch and then after writing that letter in my journal i had an intense violent dream about the character azula from the avatar the last airbender series another strong villain who seems to have been born with this tendency toward cruelty and power hunger and again a villain from a favorite story series of mine. So that dream definitely felt like a continuation of this time travel dreams conversation with me. Re-listening to myself and Claudia before I shared this with you I noticed a few more things that I wanted to point out. One was the numbers of people In retelling the dream, I said that I was part of a small group of people, but as I picture that group, if I had to pick a number, I'd say there were five or six people, which is something I just talked with Billy Ortiz about on this month's bonus audio episode for Dreamers Den members, which was all about numbers in dreams. One of the numbers Billy brought up was this phrase, five or six, and how often people say there are five or six of something in their dreams. Billy sees the five or sixness of things in connection with our senses and how we're used to our five senses, but our sixth sense comes and goes. So is it five or six? Feels like it could be either one. Lots of situations in a dream where we'll just get that vague sense that it could be five or six. And this for this dream brings up something for me about which senses I'm really attuned to and any senses that I might have, sacrificed at some point in the past and not necessarily my five physical senses but that word sense what do i have a sense of carries a lot for me i also noticed this past present contrast even more clearly when i was re-listening how the things that claudia got me talking about like how i was agonized by the mundaneness of my life in contrast to these books and how i was in situations that were actually dangerous that called for this high-stakes version of alertness and how both of those things were in the past and really in strong contrast to how I live right now in the present. For the Harry Potter lovers listening, I also realized that walking around in the past and running into a tall Voldemort put me in the context of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is all about past, present, and future. And it also raises this question of, was that really Voldemort? And then the aha moment about the desire for purpose and clarity and what to do with all of this energy and there being some benefit to seeing something as evil, you know, for wanting to know something as evil so I know what to do, that hit me again as I was re-listening. I'm Still not over this thing, this human thing about people judging other people as evil or just bad. I feel sad about it a lot of times when it comes up and I feel like this dream might be a little insight into the appeal of labeling things good versus evil. And the last thing I wanted to share was that on re-listening I heard Claudia's offering more clearly that I could notice that high alert state next time it happens, next time I get that ping of recognition and ask what would be the opposite of what I'm doing? What would it be to turn around 180 degrees? And what's calling me more than the direction I'm heading? What direction is more in line with what I came here to do? All right, that is all for now. Thank you for listening. Does anything come to mind for you about this dream or about dream tending? Leave a comment on the show notes at thedreamersden.org slash 19, thedreamersden.org slash 19, or send me an email. I'll be taking a little holiday time break for the next couple of weeks, heading toward the winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere, a time for longer nights and deeper rest, so we won't have a new episode at the end of December. I hope you are getting restorative sleep and dreaming deeply as well. I'll be back with your next episode on the new moon in January 2021. Until then, wishing you deep dreams.